Welcome back to The Pipe, the PYP. I'm your host, Chris Hahn, along with Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson. Is that how you diffuse a serious situation? Is by saying my name like that? Yeah. Like Leroy Jenkins? Steve Johnson. I don't say it like a crazy prospector. That's your default. All right. I it said is. my name. Huh? I just said my name. That's all it was. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate well, you. Well, welcome back to this series. It is called, in the series of com- continued education... The last episode, we talked about conferences, how to maximize your conferences, choose conferences, what you ought to do and what you ought not to do at conferences. Boy, did we. Told lots of stories. We did. A lot of them. Um, so this one, we're going to talk about seminary, which is one of those interesting things. Have you ever taken a seminary class? I have not. I have, a, I have an interesting way to explain my path with seminary when you're ready. I'm ready. So, for those of you who have seen the movie Casino, yeah, with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and Sharon Stone, just finished it last night again, probably the twentieth time. Not that I condone that kind of language. I don't. Is there bad language in that one <laughs> with Joe Pesci? Yeah, just a little bit. Um, in that, did you watch that with your eight kids? No, gathered around. Can you the- imagine if we did like Angel Vid? It would be a five-minute movie. Anyway, at the very beginning, Sam Rothstein. Because Robert De Niro can never play an Italian guy. He's either going to be Jewish or Irish in these movies. I'll never understand. But Robert De Niro, as Sam Ace Rothstein, is given an opportunity, because of the mob bosses back home in Kansas City, Missouri, to mm-hmm. head a casino, a casino called the Tangiers. And he's sitting there with this uh, guy who's kind of on the board, right? And he's saying, look, you can do this. He's like, but I don't have my gambling license. I don't have a license. And he says, not to worry. Here's what you do. Um, you the the state law says you can you can be in that position as long as you're applying for that license. So every couple of years, just change your title to something like, you know, director of food and beverage, and then your application goes right back to the bottom of the stack. Huh. Well, that, my friend, is how you do it in the PCA, where <laughs> every time <laughs> I get hired at the interview, well, and you know, because I've always got an advocate for me, you know, and, and they're always saying, oh, well, the... The plan is to get Steve um, through seminary. That's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And then I go from, I think I initially I was the family ministry director at this one church. And then bottom of the pile, I come to this church. And I'm the middle school director and the college director. And then I'm the family ministry director. And then I'm over men's. My point is, I've somehow, until I get to the Wild West, which is where I am now, where they don't care, um, I just always had my seminary application placed at the bottom of the stack. Yeah. What about you? You, you don't have a seminary degree, do you? Not a lot. I mean, I'm in a program to get a master's of theology. Why did you do air quotes? <laughs> Once again. Yeah, just, it's a podcast. It's a natural, it's just a natural behavior for me. It is. Um, but I, I totally agree with you. I think that that happens a lot. And I, I think what it does is it called, because you have that pressure to under, maybe not undermine the system, but fudge the system. Chris. I know, right? That's the word they used in that movie a, a lot. lot, right? Fudged this. Yep. Um, so, like, there is pressure to have that seminary degree, but if you really are talking to a lot of the youth pastors that are boots on the ground, working in the ministry day in, day out, a lot of them, when they're being honest with you, will say, yeah, this uh, seminary degree doesn't really make sense. Um, I'm essentially discipling middle schoolers and high schoolers. Do you need a seminary degree to disciple a high school student? Uh, no. Practically, No. Well, and I also would put to you that a young man probably discipling a slightly younger man is not going to be as effective either. 
but that's a whole different conversation. Sure. So uh, different structure, different folks. Sure. But that, but generally, at least in the South, oh, as gosh. far as that's concerned, Again, where, the South, the home of the PCA. Okay. Right? The home of conservative Presbyterianism. Like I would say that that's a huge pressure for youth pastors to, but I think it's the pressure, not because they believe that, that other pastors believe that it will enrich the youth ministers ministry currently, but rather as job security. Well, that's how they always pitch it. Yeah. Job security. And then you realize, oh no, job security sadly is just growing the youth group. <laughs> majority of those, if not all, it's, that's the truth. Yeah. And, and if we're just going to count heads and dollars, then why would you focus on anything that wouldn't just bring in heads and dollars? Yeah. But you want a future in ministry, don't you? Are you, are you saying in like in general? No, I I'm serve, saying, no, as in, as I'm no, just, I'm playing, no. I'm modeling for how that conversation oh. goes. Oh, I but got you. you have a, you I want a ministry, you. a future in ministry, right? Don't you? you don't yeah, want to stay in the that, minor leagues this whole time. Yeah. Don't you want to take your own church? Yeah. So that's like asking a pediatrician when they're going to be ready to become a gynecologist, <laughs> that's, which is a you're very awkward take, conversation. You're not always going to take care of kids. When are you going to get up to geriatrics? Obviously you work with small children. You yeah. want to go yeah, work it, with this. No, but I'm just saying like, it's just funny because could the calling not be that? No, right? it is. But it's not. It, and this is where we get about as practical as we can in the PYP. Yeah. This is denominational. This is interdenominational. Every church looks at their youth guy as less than mentally. Not in a mean way, but like you're just so zany. You're going to do something bonehead. Yeah. And then not a pastor. Even if they give you that title, you're not really a pastor. You're the minor league player. And in order for you to get legitimate sometime before you're 40... You need to go ahead and become a actual pastor and then plant your own church. I think that that's, that's 90% of it. That's a, that is a lot. And, and I would say, let's do this. Oh, let's do it. Let's, let's assume okay. that, yes, maybe a lot of pastors, elders, um, church leaders in the local church in that 90%, let's say that their language is that of um, youth ministry is not a good landing zone right. for a professional. It's not a good professional occupation landing zone to have a family. Let's say they know that or they feel that, but let's say for the sake of kindness that we act like um, that's not the norm. Let's say that, okay, that's a wave that you're maybe you're going to face in youth ministry. Maybe you're going to have a pastor that, that thinks that you ought to go to seminary to prepare yourself to t take on adult ministries. Okay. Which I actually think good youth ministry is – a good adult ministry um, has huge aspects of that working with parents and families and coordinating between the, the parents and the, and the youth that are there. Right. Like I, I definitely, I definitely see that as a serious piece of the puzzle, but let's say for the sake of getting to the practicals of seminary, that that's not a hurdle. Let's say you're considering seminary just for the sake of, I want to continue at my education. I really yeah. want to understand like my my desire to engage in seminary was I wanted to bring structure to a whole lot of theologies that are a little bit more ambiguous to me, and I wanted to understand how they worked in a systematic way and how to see them flesh out within the local church. Well, and and, and again, I am very very pro seminary when it comes to the idea of formalized training. Yeah. Like I wish above everything that we could have someone who's been through seminary who could speak to this, but it's kind of like, do you want your doctor to go to med school? Absolutely. I think it would be really weird if you didn't want that. And so I think that it is important that churches want to encourage 
they're, I mean, honestly, I guess prior to hiring them, they should probably go to seminary. But the way you framed this is kind of like, you're already in position. So now do you want to go to seminary? By the way, Chris has just gotten up to add another microphone. And I'm not used to carrying the show like this. So because now I'm here. There we go. <laughs> Pastor John Stone in the house. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that needs to be saved as one of the audible. Which, I'm so glad that I said what I said before John walked in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> About how you can't wait to plant your own church and get out from underneath his thumb. <laughs> That's right. No. no I, the seminary question is, so I went to seminary. I did it. I don't know if it's even the traditional way anymore, but I left college, went to seminary, got a degree in three years, an MDiv in this case, mm-hmm. and really wish I had worked in a church before, but all my friends who worked in a church before wish they'd done it my way because they got a little kid trapped. I don't mean that in a bad sense. Like, oh, There's only good senses for trapping Well, what kids. I mean in, in terms of that process being... Hard to go away to, hard right. to deal with, and and seminary is about to evolve massively because both COVID and what was going on before COVID means seminary is no longer going to be in a place. I mean, they're really going to become like these virtual places. Well, so what do you say to all the people that claim that seminary made them really cynical and kind of like a lot of times I hear people say, okay, I was really idealistic. I wanted to go into full-time ministry and then I went to covenant and then I just started seeing everything completely differently. Is it, is there something to that or is that just certain personalities? And that's a great question. Steve. I don't know. So my, without picking on covenant, I don't mind that you picked on covenant. That's where I went to school, but oh, um, I had no idea. You were a jerk, Steve. <laughs> no, no. Well, no. Um, well, do you think that in my circle, I know a couple of covenant people, <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I did not have people get cynical in my small, you know, we would never use this as like a, a te, you know, enough of a survey. But um, so, so my experience is people get to, they get a bit lost in seminary. It's fair. I don't mean spiritually. A lot of people grew well spiritually in seminary, but like, what I would say to you, Steve, and this is something I say when I do some training for guys, is seminary, gosh, what I think is odd, so like y'all can wash all this away when you listen to this podcast, I wish the old pastor hadn't come in. Seminary, <laughs> to me, it sometimes feels absolutely crucial sort of in the head pastor role. Oh, yeah. Okay, I mean, really crucial because Agree. you're facing all these questions. You want me to change places, yes, Chris? Am I live over here? Am I still being yeah, heard? Put your yeah. On. Okay. Um, Can I introduce you first, John? Sure. All right. So and don't overdo it. Don't pull like it is the greatest honor, and don't get choked up. Just he's just a normal guy, <laughs> the master of the yeah. <laughs> Just don't. Can you turn my headset down a hair? Just yeah. my headset. Don't yeah, do yeah. this. Uh, All right. And scoot up my, on the mic. Scoot up. Yeah. Not right. You don't have to make, <laughs> make love to the microphone, but um, yeah. No. So joining us now is my pastor, John Stone. Steve, you know John. I do um, I love him. And maybe a ten percent of our being one of our listeners may actually know John too. <laughs> yeah, from uh, RUF, uh, it was a big wheel in the RUF for a long time. Uh, just a counterpart and a, probably a big piece of the puzzle with RYM Ministries for a while. Uh, now a pastor at Catalina Foothills Church in Tucson, Arizona. So anyway, so keep going with what you're saying. I'm sorry. It is a huge honor, sir. <laughs> To be in his presence, <laughs> Woo, baby. I've never seen Chris sweat like Steve this. Steve Johnson. 
is so full of it right now, we can just smell it. Um, He's on his toes, whether you believe it or not, right now, Steve is. Um, so, like, seminary, what it tended to do to guys, I think, Steve, to get at your question is, guys are in ministry. You see real giftedness. God's using them. They're in a local church or a parachurch ministry. And they go to seminary, and they become, so th- my word, not seminary, a little too academic. Mm-hmm. Um. Because what seminary teaches you to do, which is necessary to understand the Bible, is take something simple and, and make it complex. A little too, like, hey, let's study First Corinthians 13, 1 through 6, and let's study it for 35 pages. And actually, we had 70 pages of material. You know, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It wasn't even hard to get it. It may, it may have been hard to write it, but, like, it's there. But ministry is the reverse of that. It's sort of saying, here's this complexity, a triune God, a sovereign God, 85 people writing one book over decades. And let's simplify that for people with very busy lives <laughs> who are in a changing culture that don't read as much, who use a lot more uh, digital media. And and so, when I, you know, so I, I, you'd have to explain to me what cynical means. Most of my guys got useless for a season. I too, gotcha. too strong a language, but, oh, let me go tell my church everything I learned about Galatians <laughs> yeah, and not, you know, Galatians is trying to free you to rest in love. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Like just go home with that today. The person who understands Paul's message here understands they are loved. So like I, you know, it's, it's, but I also listen to a lot of people preach, even prominent pastors at time and think, man, that was a big miss for a pretty simple if he'd read several of any normal yeah. books, he would. These, these are Christians, right? Sure. He would have never said that to his people about that passage, and so that's the sort of balance. Well, you know, I mentioned the doctor illustration. I, I'm in my world. I'm around a lot of doctors, and lots of them say, "Yeah, I had this idea about medicine and what I wanted to do, and then I went into med school, and like everything changed." But at the same time, the only way that they're equipped to do that job is to go through med school. I can see how critical it is. Yeah. You know, my pastor did a 12-year program in nine years, and it sounds like it. You know what I mean? I feel like I, I, I was a spot starter yesterday. When I preach, I feel like it's just like a pop-up ad, you know? <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I recognize that. But a really that. good pop-up yeah, yeah, yeah. ad. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I mean, one, it's, it's one of the 30-second <laughs> ones that kind of catches your attention. You, do, you don't click the skip ad button. You're like, I want to see how this plays out. No, but you can definitely tell when somebody knows, to your point, where you're thinking, wow, that was a big miss that perhaps if you'd had formalized training, even in the preparation, you know, I'm not, I mean, I've read Brian Chappell's books. That's that, that is a resource yes. in, you know, to the men that go through covenant. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah. So I, within this context, what do you think as far as youth? So I'm, I'm in within this denomination, they're uh, directors, youth directors. Do you think that a non, uh, a pre-seminarian, youth director can be a destination point for people who have that certain skill set in the top 10 percent. yes so here's what i mean by that most youth pastors are really good i'm not picking on the bad ones but the good ones have a season where they're good at it they're younger they're energetic they think like the youth yeah they're really committed to it 
And I think a good number of those good ones just grow into a different position. And this becomes a difficulty in the PCA, but not in the normal world. So I think the, I think the PC is not normal. Because of the credentialing. Yeah, that's, you, you, that's fair. So you grow, and you're ready to do young adult ministry, but to sort of get, and gosh, gosh, here we are in a very narrow little world of the PCA, but, but I, this could happen in Bible churches. I've seen it, you know, like to get compensated, to, to get in the pulpit, to get responsibilities, to get leadership, to go beyond even the young couple's you need something, a counseling degree. And so it's, I, I think youth ministry is a different question. If you know that Jesus is the Christ, the Bible's true, it can be trusted, let's go serve him. That's a legitimate, hear me, not for like you two guys, that's a good entry point. Mm-hmm. But you're either going to find your rhythm, and now we got a ceiling problem in whatever, wherever you are, mm-hmm. or you're this like Mark and oh, I can't. I went to I, mean, I went somewhere with Mark. He's in, didn't he? At Faith in Birmingham, he's like fifty three and he's still the youth pastor, and people love him. Yeah, it's pretty common. But but uh, that's that's yeah. not if you if you look at all the starters, very few make it to fifty three. Yeah, very few. Yeah. Um, well, especially in the South with the diet down there. <laughs> Mississippi in particular. I mean, you oh yeah, because I mean, we only make it to fifty-three. You've done meat, something right. I mean, we only, <laughs> yeah, we only eat scorpions and javelina. I mean, the food kills you in the South. Everything wants to kill you in Tucson. That's true. Everything. You eat the food in the South. The food eats <laughs> you, you in Tucson. Tucson. That's point. right. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of it is slapping high fives I, right I, now. The, 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 the thing you wish that you know, the you know, the sort of perfect middle. So I, they don't know this about me, but Chris, in his, I spent uh, just ooh, to 14, 15 years of my life trying to answer this question of mm-hmm. what is the balance between doing ministry and being trained in ministry? And mm-hmm. I was doing that thing called RUF, but that's a college ministry. Now, my guys happen to be seminary trained, but candidly, we spent about three years kind of undoing some of that. Mm-hmm. Hey, remember there's a sophomore girl and she's in a sorority and she's just like I mean, a cute boy. I'm not minimizing that. And like, you know, what N.T. Wright said as opposed to, you know, these other people, it's not where she is. Right. But you wish there was a sweet spot in space and churches could give space to people to say, you know, a month, a year, and then, you know, some time each week you're going to give to your education. Yeah. And we're really going to direct that education. As I say this on the podcast to all 19 people listening to us. Oh, as if. John, not 19, yeah. 11. Sunday 19. <laughs> that sounds easy, and it just ends up not being easy. No, it's more complicated. It's just way more complicated because education is a real thing, whether you do it from a distance or in present. It, it is books. It is reading. It is understanding. It is changing. It is learning languages. Um, well, I, you know, I came into this. We've been talking about certain um, topics that I let. This is for Sunday school on forty or like an hour on on Sunday mornings, and the high school and junior high kids picked some topics. Yeah, and some of them it really came down to well, the you know um, this website is saying that this is what scripture means and this is what the Christian perspective is, and they're saying that the language because I'll just say what it is. It, we're talking about mm-hmm. the church and homosexuality, and you've got these 
homosexual theologians that are saying, well, it really means this, it means that. It was a great resource to have our pastor mm. who knows Greek and Hebrew come in and say, so here it is and write it out from memory and explain the language. That's just not something I could do. I might be able to show a video, but again, how customizable can I make that? Like we were talking about in the last one. It's nice mm. for a church to have the resource of a seminary trained pastor. Yeah. And that, uh, yeah. Th- you're getting to it because the place where you've got to have done the work and the work was was fun but hard is when you get in the, well look this says that in the new testament gender didn't matter that mm-hmm. it was okay with ordaining women i'm just picking the controversial the homosexual oh. things either but like that's not what it says like let's get there and right. um let's do the work and man that's just hard and that's it's hard. So a lot of that's also dictated by context. Like if you if you're going to serve in John MacArthur's church, you probably need two masters in yeah. theology and divinity. Like you probably need to have because you have a whole your context that you're ministering in is a whole lot more intellectual, and so they're going to f- probably hold your feet to the fire. Whereas if you go to a little podunk church in Alabama, they're probably not going to hold your feet to the fire quite as often. So. Whereas I think you still need seminary training, you definitely do need to have, you know, understand the context that you're called to or where you possibly may. Chris, open your phone and open a text to Peter Pomonis for me real quick and keep talking. (laughs) I might be missing a meeting. So what I walked up here to do is if I had known Steve Johnson was here, I would have walked up much sooner. Oh, just the first Monday of the month, my friend. I gotta remember no. that. I'm gonna spot, I'm gonna pop in a lot more today. I'm just ashamed you of the fact that you guys I really should. But yeah. I, I may be having a meeting with the sign lady that I'm missing. P- P- the Peter Pomonis is the sign lady. But what I came to say <laughs> to Chris is we gotta move my set to my office. The camera? Yeah. Okay. And I'll tell you why later. It's your set. You no, we should totally deal do. with this on the podcast. Let's talk it out. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I've just blown podcast. 49, just through the roof. If you can get us four more uh, listeners, I don't care. Go for it. You're the highest profile person we've had on the show yet. It's true. (laughs) Have y'all already done the there's no right way to do youth ministry? I mean... We always brush up against it. Unfortunately, we agree a lot more than we were hoping we would. Yeah. You might mix it up quite a bit. Maybe. Uh, But on the... the, I don't think he's responded yet. Yeah, I'm looking. Uh, On the topic of... Like, I... So the... Go ahead. Just... Go ahead. No, the, no, the seminary stuff that I've experienced thus far, a lot more of it is on a ref, it's a refining. I feel like I, I'm being put through a refinement process more than I am being put through an equipping process. Mm-hmm. Now, those things, I think they're working in tandem, but it, but the seminary that I've I've been working with literally exists to get you ordained in the PCA. Right. Like, so, th- whereas where John went at Covenant do a really great job of preparing pastors to pastor and to shepherd. This seminary more so, it does exist to prepare pastors for sem- for, for pastoral ministry in whatever context you're in, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly as focused as that. So if you go into seminary thinking, no, I want to be a pastor of a local church, and I would like to grow that church according to God's will, and I would like to move in this particular direction— you probably want to go to a seminary that's a lot more focused in that sense than one that's a little bit more open than like Birmingham Theological Seminary. That doesn't mean it's a bad seminary. It just may mean you need to be choosy on the seminary you choose, just like the same way you would be choosy on the person that you have mentor you or disciple you or the person you you have investing in you and pouring into you. I think seminaries tend to work the same way. Does that make sense? It does. 
on a lot of different levels. What was the original question that I blew up and probably moved six degrees left? Oh, we're talking, <laughs> we're talking about should you breastfeed or use yeah. uh, formula? Oh, gotcha. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But I feel like Go we ahead. could bring it right back around. <laughs> Full circle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, it always starts the exact same way with this podcast. Chris just breathes in the microphone and goes, do you think I'm enough? <laughs> and so we start talking about I'm whether insecure. his education I can, was. I can tell you who doesn't, and that is... <laughs> Who's our guy that's mad? We always talk about it. John MacArthur. Oh, no, no. Flander? <laughs> no. John Piper. Piper. He Pipes. does not think you're enough. No. No. You aren't angry enough. You're not working hard enough. Pipes has been Paul all Washer. Over the last two. Oh, Washer. Paul Washer's who you're thinking about. He's a big way. marshmallow. No, this is a discussion he and I have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is an inside baseball joke. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is an inside getting working well, at CFC the, joke. The thing oh. is, is Pastor John Stone doesn't recognize that when he gets into it, his cadence is that of John Piper. Oh, for sure. No, no. <laughs> He and I are the same deliverer, but maybe this goes... You just don't wear those tiny glasses. <laughs> Crazy different starting points. Oh, yeah. Right. Very Crazy different. Crazy different. Very yeah. different. We're uh, both Christians. We both will stand at the back of the room looking up front at a bunch of other Christians who did more important stuff. But, one of, starting but one of you comes from the streets of Birmingham, and it's not... That Minnesota softy. I come from the streets of South Carolina now. Don't South Carolina? That, yeah. Oh, that's get right. It right, Steve. What's wrong yeah. with you, oh, man? You need to get it right or you're not, you know. This is horrible. <laughs> well, anyway, thanks, John, for joining thanks, us. Thanks, John. <laughs> John, can we shut up right now? Hi, John. This Steve is how John. we do this. Sign lady hi hey, for us. John's so hijacked this, we'd like to stop. <laughs> I don't even how do we get out of an awkward conversation Chris with John? Chris just wants Stone? to say again, it's been I a huge honor, care. sir. A huge yeah. honor. <laughs> Thank you. You're the best there has ever been. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us for The Pipe, and we'll join you back next time when we talk about discipleship. Uh, I think we led into that a little bit. We touched in on this it. one. So choosing disciplers, who do you want to disciple you? How do you find that person, and uh, how do you maximize that time? So thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank you. Maybe see you next time unless John's got a meeting coming up with, with me. With the side lady. With Mrs. Peter Pomonas. <laughs>